Brothers and sisters, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has similarly been tested in every way, yet without sin. That's what the author to the Hebrews tells us today, that our God, that Jesus, the second person of the Blessed Trinity, passed through the heavens, conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary, as we will later profess in this liturgy, and that he became one like us in all things but sin. He walked our walk and lived our life and died our death. We have a high priest who is able to sympathize with our weaknesses, who journeyed through life just as we journey through life right now. We have one to whom we can identify with in our lives. I can't help but think the greatest way for us to look at the life of Jesus is a way that the church proposes in a devotion that is being promoted every October, the rosary. It's in the rosary that we look at the life of Jesus and the joyful and luminous and sorrowful and glorious mysteries that we look at his life and see how he lived a life like ours, how he can sympathize with our weaknesses, who is tried in every way but without sin. In the first joyful mystery, we recall how Mary received the word of the angel, that she was with child, that she was going to be the mother of the Lord, of the Messiah, of the Savior. Similarly, for all of us who are gathered here this evening, your parents, at the time of your birth, received word many months earlier that they were with child, and maybe for the first time they were going to be parents. But they received that word with joy. And then they brought you to birth, just as Jesus was brought to birth by Mary in a manger in Bethlehem of Judea. Jesus is able to identify through his birth with those who are poor, with those who are homeless, because truly there was no place for him, no room for him in the inn. And so he was born in a manger, in a very lowly place for the king of kings. We have a high priest who can identify with our poverty, one who sympathizes with us in our weaknesses. Immediately after Jesus was born in Bethlehem, an angel comes to Joseph in a dream and says, you must flee into Egypt because Herod wants to take your son's life. Herod was jealous because Jesus was a threat to him, as he perceived, a threat to his power and to his kingdom. And so he slaughters all the infants and searches for the promised Messiah of Jesus. And so they flee. In this, Jesus is able to identify with the refugees and the immigrants who are leaving their homelands in search of a better life, in search of safety and well-being. Jesus is able to sympathize with them because he became like us in all things but sin. In the fourth and fifth joyful mystery, we look at Jesus' life as a child, first being presented in the temple, but then as he returns back to Nazareth after being lost in the temple for three days and his parents searching for him. 
The Gospel writer tells us that Jesus advanced in age and in wisdom, and in Nazareth was obedient to his family, to his mother and to his father. So for our young people here tonight, you can identify with Jesus because just like you, he was a young child, an adolescent, a teenager, a young adult. You have one that you can look to in your life, one who knows your weaknesses, who has tried in every way except without sin. In the luminous mysteries of the rosary, the first one is the baptism of our Lord in the River Jordan. And in the scriptures right after Jesus' baptism, it recounts the temptation in the desert, how the evil one begins to tempt the Lord with food and with wealth and with power. But Jesus rejects each one, quoting the scriptures. He gives us an example in our own lives when we're faced with temptations. Because Jesus was tried in all ways. So just as he suffered temptation, we suffer it in our own lives. As our parish begins to promote this prayer covenant, as becoming households of prayer, it's easy as a family sometimes to say, we don't have time to pray today. The temptation is there to put it aside, and maybe we'll get to it tomorrow. But to reject that temptation and to embrace the prayer that you're committing yourself to. Similarly, we might experience temptations in our life to maybe take something that doesn't belong to us or to participate in conversations among our circle of friends that truly does not build up the other person, that really brings them down. These are temptations for us to avoid. And Jesus knew the reality of these things because when he taught the disciples how to pray, he told them to pray, saying, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. In those moments in our life when we face whatever temptation it might be, we can look to Jesus, we can identify with him, and draw our strength from him in that moment. In the second luminous mystery, we look at the wedding feast of Cana. And by Jesus' presence at this wedding in Cana, he elevates marriage to be a sacrament because it's there that he chooses to manifest his miracles, his first miracle of his public ministry at the bequest of his mother. The evangelist John, as he recounts the wedding feast at Cana, tells us that Mary is there and Jesus is there and his disciples. But there's no mention of the presence of Joseph And a lot of the scholars will tell us that we think that Joseph probably had already died at this point. It's why he wasn't at the foot of the cross. It's why Jesus gave Mary to John and John to Mary, because Joseph was no longer with his family. We have one who is able to identify with our weaknesses, because Jesus experienced in his own life mourning. He mourned over the death of his foster father, Joseph. And he wept at the death of his friend Lazarus. When we mourn someone that we lose who is so close to us in our life, we can look to Jesus. We can identify with him because we have one who knows our experience. For he has been tried in all ways but sin. In the sorrowful mysteries of the rosary, we look at the passion and the death of Jesus on the cross. It was on the night before he died that Jesus goes into the Garden of Gethsemane and there he enters into an intense time of prayer with his Father. 
And he prays that if it be his will to let this cup pass. And so Jesus prays for God's will to be done in his life. Ardently he prays, and maybe in our own lives we pray with great fervor for something. For some intention that's on our hearts. Day after day we implore the Lord. We can look to Jesus, who persevered that night in prayer, praying for God's will to be done in his life. He can identify with us in our weaknesses because he can sympathize with us. He became like us in all things but sin. As those mysteries continue, Jesus is scourged and then crowned and then carries his cross. In our own lives, we carry crosses. Now, Jesus carried his up a mountain, the Mount of Golgotha, where he was to die for our salvation. And so for us, what are the crosses in our lives? For some of us, maybe it's a medical diagnosis that we just received. Or maybe it's familial relationships that are really weighing us down. Or maybe it's friendships that we're just like, I don't know if this is really a healthy friendship or not. These are the crosses that many people bear in their lives. So we pick it up and we follow after Jesus. Because we have one who knows our weaknesses. Because he became like us in all things but sin. And then Jesus dies on Calvary for us. He dies our death in order to redeem it. In order to defeat death and give us life. And that's what we pray about in the glorious mysteries of the rosary. Jesus' resurrection and ascension into heaven. In the spiritual tradition we say that Jesus became like us so that we can become more like God. Jesus goes before us to heaven as he ascends there to pave the way so that we might follow him. In our own life, we want to follow the Lord. In the moments when we really want to give up in our lives, it's precisely at those moments that we need to look to Jesus and to see what he endured and how he lived his life and to draw strength from that. The last line of our second reading today says, So let us confidently approach the throne of grace to receive mercy and to find grace for timely help. Jesus, who now reigns in heaven in glory and in splendor, wishes to help us in our daily lives. And that's why we turn to him in prayer. That's why we approach the throne of grace here at Mass, in our own prayer life at home, to ask God to help us. We truly do have a high priest who can identify with our weaknesses. And so we can look to him each and every day of our lives and draw that strength that we so desperately need.